register. How was oh, that? That was so good. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Riverdale Register. My name is Caitlin. My name is John. And welcome to the Riverdale Register. Uh, it's like yeah. It's like putting on a comfy jacket exactly. again. Exactly. What a comfy, comfy jacket. Actually, a comfy blanket, because, you know, you want to lay down and enjoy an episode I don't Riverdale have... with your best friends, Caitlin and John. Oh, my God, yes. I don't have, like, a comfy blanket. Stella has taken all of our comfy blankets and <laughs> has made them her own comfy blanket. And now it just smells like dog, which uh, I love, but I don't want to be wrapped up in <laughs> You want to have an option of when you smell like dog and when yeah. you don't. The Riverdale Register is the only thing that keeps me warm, so <laughs> blanket-wise. I don't know what we're saying, guys. Hello, and welcome to the Riverdale Register. It's been a really fun time already. It's been really fun. We're we're having a good time. Welcome back, everybody. You know, I've uh, had a nice long break, and to everybody from our fans from season one to season two, it's great to great to be here with you in your ears again. And for anyone new joining into our podcast, welcome to welcome. weekly listening. Um, I'm curious what brought you guys here. You guys can't tell me that because this is a one way audio podcast, but. Give us a shout out on Twitter, but only if it's nice. And speaking of only if it's nice. We have new reviews from iTunes. <laughs> Woo! Woo! See, I get very hurt by the comments that are not nice, and we really don't get that many mean comments. Yeah. You can't just demand only nice reviews. No, I don't demand. You have to earn nice I, reviews. I, I, don't only de- I don't demand anything. That's the thing. I want, I want, I don't expect, I just... <laughs> Desire. Do so. you do you want to do you want to read this first? Uh, this I first do, but here? John, it's so far away. But what <laughs> if it were closer? Oh well, awesome. Okay, okay. So this uh, the headline of this is love, 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 and it's a five star review. And this person's so nice. Um, and Can you pronounce her name? Silversil. Silversil. Yeah, S Y L V R S Y L. Silversil. Silversil. I want to know. Um, I want to tell this person that my first dog's name was Sylvia. She was a gray greyhound. She was blue. That's what they call it, blue greyhound. And so, anytime I see the letters S Y L V, it reminds me of my first dog. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, okay, so I found this podcast a few weeks ago when hiatus started to wind down and listened to every episode, sort of as a way to catch back up before the season three starts. I absolutely love it. So nice of her, or them, or him. John and Caitlin are great hosts. Their chemistry and banter are super enjoyable, and several times they catch things I never caught first time around. For example, before I listened to the podcast, I never realized every episode was titled after a well-known movie or a book. Debatable about well-known, considering <laughs> this episode, but um, that's that's true. Yeah. Caitlin's theories, while not entirely accurate, not true, um, are always so fun, and her Betty impression is pretty sought on. I think so. Really excited for you guys to cover season three. Keep up the great work, guys, and thank you so much for this fun podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah. We love you. That was we nice. so appreciate it. That was so nice. It was like great. too nice. All right. Next one we got is um, <clears throat> a five star review from the Bonest of Bones titled All About Dumb Bones. All About Dumb Bones. About Dumb Bones. Was so this account terrible. made? To make this review. I hope so. John and Caitlin treat the show like any fan would, trying their best to remember the blur of craziness we all just witnessed. They're the perfect blend of enthusiastic and logical, not just blindly praising something because they're fans, and I'm not just saying that because I know them all. Okay, who are you? Which of our friends is, is this? Is it Dan or is it Jacob? Mm, it's Dan. It's Dan. It's Dan. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> 
And okay. Dan has a podcast too. Uh, shout out to Dan's podcast. Which Tidbits. Will, Tidbits. Yeah. With a Z. Yes. Okay. And it's fun. And also Ian is also a co-host of that. And we love them. Second season starts soon. It's like a short little thing of just fun facts. And this is... Thank you for all you do from James from what I assume is Massachusetts. Yeah. But might be a different state. <laughs> um, before I start this, let me just say thank you to John and Caitlin. It's James from Ma. From Ma. <laughs> I've been listening to you since the musical episode, and since then I've listened back to, to all and re-listened to your podcast every day. Oh. I think that's what it means. I've been awfully anxi- I've been having awful anxiety for the past few months, which has been so bad that it stopped me from doing all of my schoolwork which is awful because I'm in senior year of high school, and the only thing that really calms me down and makes me feel better is a Riverdale Register. Oh, my God. God, we have to do this forever. Whenever life gets too crazy and all I can do is cry, oh, my God, this is too nice. Sorry, now my dog's chewing in the middle of this emotional one. I know I have you guys and Stella to hear wonderful commentary about the show that makes me laugh. I love it when you guys trail off and make political jokes, and obviously I love Stella. She's adorable, by the way. Aww. I honestly came for the show, but stay for you two wonderful hosts. Thanks for everything. Oh, my God. James. James. You are so kind. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. And seriously, like, tweet at us. No, we don't have an email. We'll figure that out someday. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, no, um, it makes me happy to know that this thing that we do just for fun makes somebody feel good, Um, even though it's so crazy to think about <laughs> that's really nice and that makes me feel good i feel like i feel like we are contributing to the positiveness in society and not the negativeness which makes me happy so yeah yeah i can get behind that but nice, seriously man. send us negative reviews too those are fine too <laughs> like totally fine they make me feel less good than these, but seriously. No, it's totally fine. But John, they will they will make Caitlin cry. No, no, no. No, it's fine. See, John just thinks that I only, that I compliment the positive reviews because I want more positive reviews, which is not true. I just get emotional. <laughs> it's fine. So, back for season three. Caitlin, what is the title of this episode? So this of Raverdale. Epi- Shoot, that's not the title. Raverdale. Damn it. Oh, it's season three. We forget. Uh, Roverdale. Well, okay. So this episode is called Labor Day, and the Wikipedia article that I pulled up is actually just about the United States holiday. Um, (laughs) Oh, what's that? It's, um, honestly... It's the day you don't wear white after. You don't wear white after it, um, but the film is by Jason Reitman. Um, I've heard of him. Yeah, based on the 2009 novel by Joyce Maynard. Um, who haven't heard of her was involved with um, JD Salinger, which is not her only. I have heard of him. Right. Well, this is a problem. <laughs> Sexism. Um, oh no. So it's fine. I'm part of the problem. That that was like a whole thing. That's like kind of. I don't want to say her claim to fame as she's like an author and like a human being and a person, but um, I think that's why a lot of people know her name. Um, but she also was the person who wrote the book that this Kate Winslet and Josh Brolin movie is based on. Um, Toby Maguire is also in it. So in case you guys were wondering what Toby Maguire was doing, it was in 2009. Oh, I'm sorry, in 2013, this movie. Uh, I'd like to think a lot about what Toby Maguire is doing now. So it's fine. Basically, it's about um, a man who is a convict and him and Kate Winslet make pies. 
It's not it's not a great description of it, but it's like a love story, but there's a convict and it's based okay. on a book. So. so the convict and stuff fits in with this episode. Huge lack of pies in this episode. I'm actually incredibly huge, disappointed. Huge lack of pies. Feels like Riverdale would be a real pie town. You would think. Yeah. yeah you know what they're not? They're a milkshake town. Yeah. Which, fun fact, I think the milkshakes are Greek yogurt because they don't melt. Think uh, about it. Think. Have you ever seen a melted milkshake? How do you feel about milkshakes? What are your feelings? I am pro milkshake. Pro, we've talked about this recently. Yeah. Why have we talked about this recently? Uh, because we host a Riverdale podcast and there's Maybe. a lot of milkshakes in it. Maybe. No, I haven't. Oh, was it? Ooh, was it when we went to the Riverdale panel and then we went to get milkshakes at that diner afterwards? No, we got the brownie sundae and then we split. Then I we, mean, we split. I think I also had you a milkshake. You did also get a milkshake. Man, I went hard that day. <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. We also I sometimes do not go deserve to, the gym. to be in shape with the way that I eat. I think that's totally fine. I mean, neither do I, but I also work out a lot. Now, this episode was directed by Kevin Rodney Sullivan, who has also directed a couple previous episodes of Riverdale, including uh, To Riverdale and Back Again, Chapter 11, Chapter yes. 16, The Watcher in the Woods, and Chapter 21, House of the Devil. Some other shows that he's directed, Grey's Anatomy, mm-hmm. Quantico, Dynasty, Being Mary Jane, How to Get Away with Murder. Anyway. It was also yeah. written by human and fan of bow ties, uh, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. Aguirre, that's how you say it. I think so, yeah. I have been just going like Agur, and I think that's <laughs> not right. Yeah. I think Aguirre probably makes more sense. Yeah. Guys, uh, Roberto, since you're a big listener, uh, just oh God, you know, you tweet imagine? at us how to pronounce. I mean, your no name. one's a bigger fan of Riverdale than Roberto. I would seen, like have you to seen think his so. Twitter? It's just like, guys, you heard of the show Riverdale? It's amazing. Yeah, but apparently, like, people get not necessarily paid to tweet, but like deeply encouraged to tweet. And what creators? Or? Creators. Yeah, I forgot mm. who I was talking to about that. Yeah. Um, so not saying that he's not the biggest no, I mean, that, now, but that checks out. It's not like he's blindly it's, tweeting. It's his interesting own how stuff. different shows approach that because I know Riverdale likes to tweet out the, the like the the, the the title pages of their episodes, which is I wonder why they added like art to the to the title pages of their episodes. And I know like a couple of the I other Berlanti shows do that of like a title page and the art. Yeah, or sometimes they'll even like block out the title and just be like it's episode number. This title will contain a spoiler. Spoiler, it never does. Interesting. Uh, and other got... other shows will do like fan art Fridays and show what fan art is of their show. But or that's they'll... things they don't create. Right. Yeah. Or or just like tease dialogue from the episode. It's interesting how different shows go about. I also want to just say, um, every time we do this podcast, Stella, who's home all day with the same bowl of food, decides to eat when we do the podcast. Yeah. So that's what the chewing sound is. <laughs> that's another thing. Uh, my dog growing up, Levi, every time we would sit down to dinner would be the moment Levi's like, time to go out and pee. So <laughs> Levi would it. scratch the door and like, look at us. You look like you're like, comfy. Literally any moment before that, we would have been so easy. But because we're sitting down now, you think it's dinner time. And I wonder if this is a little subconsciously for Stella, but like they're sitting down together. So I should. It's dinner time. That's funny. We're, we are drinking iced tea, which could be like an LA food meal, I guess depending on who you hang out with. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, um, let's move into the episode proper. Dare to defy. Okay, so um, this episode was about Archie going on trial for murder it's that true. he did not commit and that they have no evidence that he committed at all. I've seen I've seen a lot of uh, ire against this storyline online and I I really like it. 
I mean, I think it's nice that they had this really violent moment that was completely ignored over season two and then that it, it came back. But yeah. I just, it doesn't, was there like a whole thing in the town where Cassidy is from where they were like looking for like Cassidy's killer? Like, do you think that people really miss Cassidy? <laughs> was Cassidy a beloved figure in his hometown? <laughs> exactly. He was actually also a captain of the football team and a musical prodigy in his hometown. It's so weird. He was on his own show. It was it, the whole thing. From a legal standpoint, it is very strange because Archie, it's not so much like Archie's Archie who's on trial, but his character that's on trial, like, is he a good person or not? Is what yeah. the uh, defense and, and, and the um, prosecution are arguing about. Cause the prosecutor's like, this is a child who started two mass vigilante groups, <laughs> pulled a gun on a child in the South side, which means they must've had sweet pea up on that stand at one point. Be like, yeah, he aimed a gun at me. Oh, poor sweet pea. And like, like they're like, Oh, he like served in the mob. No, I don't think they mentioned the mob. Cause that's a that's secret. That's a secret sort of, but they're like, they're mentioning all the bad things he's done as a character. And yeah, he chased Cassie in the woods and like punched him. Oh, my favorite is them mentioning how he beat up a person with two broken legs in his bed. He is a rapist and I don't feel bad for him. Um, true. Yeah, he's he is a true, rapist. very true. Well, uh, and then yes. and then Archie's mom, who yes, you can legally defend your own child. You can defend your own child, but I just don't really understand how that would benefit your child. It's not a great look, right? That's uh, how I feel. Like if exactly. I were in the jury, I wouldn't be feeling that so much. <laughs> exactly, but, I'd be like he he has to get his mother to defend him. Maybe that's not. Plus, no offense to Molly Ringwald, but like. Attorney McCoy is a great character who's been in the show for a while and could have more to do. Yeah, but they established that Molly Ringwald was a lawyer, so now they have two lawyers. That's also strange. Why have two lawyers? I know. It, right. Yeah. And Betty's been spending the summer interning with them to work on this case. She loves Archie in a friend way and uh, wants him to be freed. Just, I just wish we could have explored that relationship more. I don't think there's anything that interesting about Archie and Betty, honestly, because... We wouldn't know, would we? Yeah, we, you're right, we wouldn't know, but I also can't imagine them being that fascinating together because I think that Archie brings out the side in Betty that is extremely the Betty from the comics, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I get that. You know, she's kind of like... Classical, less uh, unhinged and dangerous. Less, um, I'm going to be a cam girl for five minutes, Betty. Only five minutes, though. Only five minutes. So in this episode... Uh, the the judge is basically like, all right, I'm sequestering the jury so they can decide your fate, Archie. Uh, use this weekend, use this holiday weekend to uh, do the last things you want to do as a free man. Okay, yeah, so a murderer, if you believe he might be a murderer, you should definitely let him out to do the things that he wants to do for the weekend. Wow. Well, he, he, he is a minor. There are two options, though. Cold-blooded killer or totally innocent. If he's innocent, figure it out. To be fair, his argument for innocence is it wasn't me. It was my girlfriend's dad's doorman who followed us up to the sex cabin. To be fair, yeah, maybe Archie looks guiltier than I think. (laughs) Yeah. I guess not a great alibi. (laughs) No. And also that guy is dead because he died in the riots. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Did a lot of people die in the riots? It doesn't really make sense. A few people might have died in the riots. Seems like a good idea. I was thinking about this, how it seemed like a really good, convenient way to write off Andre's death. And yeah. then I realized that unless many people died in the riots, 
this we only know of like two people who died on riot night and they are andre andre and Pops small fry small fry yes <laughs> uh so uh we don't know of any innocent people who died that <laughs> night we just know of people associated with Hiram lodge who died that night remember how fangs is alive and without a scar but speaking of Hiram Lodge, Hiram decides to, like, walk up to Archie and be like, hey, I hope you have a great weekend. Yeah, exactly. Fuck you. And then Fred punches him in the face. Here's it's a, incredible. Here, let's talk about this, though, for a half second, because yeah. I'm so excited about this punch, except the way they edited it made it look like it was very fake. It, like, sounded very fake. Really? Yeah. I was feeling it. You were feeling it? Yeah. I think, I think performance-wise... Um, Mark Consuelos did a great job of looking like he just got hit really hard. Uh, like, he's, like, feeling his face, but, ah, uh, kind of hurts. Stuff. Yeah. I've never been punched in the face. Thing. I don't want to be, necessarily, but I do kind of want to know what it might feel like. I have never been punched in the face, either. Do you want a fight club after oh this? Oh, my God, perfect. That's exactly oh, how that one started. People. Yeah, that's it. Punch me in the face. Do you think that I'm in your head, or you're in my head? Oh. Oh, that's hard. I kind of feel like I'm imaginary. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. This is my beautiful domestic home with Ian exactly. and my dog. Exactly. That checks out. That makes yeah. sense. This is that's why I'm still so excited to see you. Because <laughs> I'm it's his mom coming home. Exactly. Oh, that'd be nice. That's cute. Right, yeah. fella, you're cute. I I'll accept that head cannon. Yeah, totally. Guys, if you want to write fan fiction <laughs> about this version of Fight Club. That we're writing around. Where John owns a dog and believes mm-hmm. he's Caitlin. Exactly. So crazy. So they decide to spend the weekend finishing up Archie's car, which Caitlin and I do not agree on. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's It makes no sense. I like it. It doesn't make sense. I would drive it. I think... I, I would drive it shirtless. <laughs> Hiram Lodge got him, like, a really nice sports car. And yeah. he, like, I mean, I get why he gave it back. Yeah. But then, instead of getting, like, a Prius, like a normal person's car. They don't have car, money for a Prius. I think you could find a shitty Prius. No, they have money for... This garbage... That junk car from the... From the, uh... 20s? Junkyard. It's like a... It's like Daisy <laughs> yeah, Buchanan but is gonna like, run into someone in that car. For the origins of Archie comics, it's kind of like, oh, that's clever. Like, mm-hmm. it's a way to yeah. get from an old-timey car and further obfuscate the time period. I would never get in that car. <laughs> I would think it was a death trap. Well, not... Luckily for Archie and Betty, they built it themselves, so they know exactly how not how a death much trap, a death it, trap is. it is. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The percentage of death trap. Mm-hmm. Oh, Archie's having these dreams of everyone at this watering hole, by the way, which has leeches. Yeah, which he's he's with all of his mm-hmm. friends and be like, "Hey, I've been thinking about this watering hole. Let's go back to it." And yeah, like, the one with leeches, and Betty's like, "I don't think that happened to us." Like, no, that happened to us. And then Ronnie goes like, "Sounds great. Let's go." <laughs> I would like to go Archie. Can we just talk about something that really bothered me in this episode? Let's do it. I noticed it, and I don't know if it's like a network note or something, because it's a season premiere. Maybe people are tuning in for the first time. Mm -hmm. They say all the characters' names so much. It'll be like Archie and Veronica with Betty and Jughead. Everybody knows each other, right? Mm -hmm. Veronica's like, Archie... I really don't want you to go to prison. And then Archie's like, yeah, I don't want to go to prison either, Ronnie. And then at the pool, Josie's like, Veronica, I have something to tell you. Okay. It's so much. It's so much. No one says their names that much. Okay, Caitlin. But 
if you're in a room with a bunch of people, yeah, at least three other people, and you have to want to say something to one person in particular, do you say their name to get their attention? No, not really. I probably just look at them. <laughs> like, you know who I'm talking about. If I was like, oh, we have to do the podcast later to you, you'd know it was you. True. You know, Stella wouldn't, because she doesn't talk, so she doesn't. She's a dog. That's, she's a that's dog. true. She wouldn't think Fun I'm talking fact. about her. So, so honestly, I'm right. I'm right. And I just thought, my friend tweeted this, too, about people writing in screenplays that when you um, say people's names a lot. And I was like, finally, someone's, like, validating this. Like, don't do it. I'm I sure always I'm try to do it, it early on in, in don't, life. It's not worth it. Don't even, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, not worth okay, it. Okay, if a character is running through an episode and for, like, ten pages you're like, I don't know this person's name. I understand the concept, but don't say it. It's not worth it. Have any, find a creative way to do it. Don't say it. No one says each other's names. There are ways to do it so it works, but this episode, it did not work. All these characters intimately know each other. I literally had no problem with this. It's fine, John. It's fine. It's fine. This is the hill. This is where I'm going to die. This is it? This is it. Not even Kevin Keller or Mr. Keller has to be responsible for something bad in this town? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the hill I'm dying on. This yeah. is the hill on top of the hill. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a smaller mound it's on top smaller of that mound, hill. Exactly. Okay. Jeez. I just don't care that much. I think that's fine, but I'm right. I mean, we say our names at the top of every single episode of this show. We should stop. <laughs> but I'm girl voice, and I'm boy voice. <laughs> and if you don't know it by now, Stella just Get came out. up and licked my ear. She hopped onto the couch and she licked my ear. It's devastating. You little children are so cute. She's so cute. So they go to the watering hole. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I guess no leeches. Hooray. Uh, yeah, see, I wouldn't take that risk. Not after I knew there were leeches. Barashi keeps having these visions of, like, the group walking away from him and kind of leaving him alone. And he feels real bad about everything. Uh, it's weird that he feels bad now. Then he uh, then he has sex with Veronica. In the dark um, outside which is like house. All right, Jughead and Betty are right over there. It's fine. <laughs> it's not great. And uh, I forget, he has like a nightmare too. He has a nightmare. Because he wakes up shirtless. He's very shirtless in this episode. Yeah, which He's is shirtless fine. when he's getting that either. It's, I'm not sure if it's a real tattoo or like if it's just a marker tattoo. I think it's a real tattoo. On his shoulder. It's he, bad. He's shirtless when he's getting his shoulder, shoulder tattooed. He's shirtless he... when he's playing catch. With Reggie at the at the pool party. He has two modes. Prom night, like, uh, prom night courtroom uh-huh. look, or shirtless. Right. So True. there's no option. Thank God he didn't wear just the bow tie without a shirt. I'm hoping it's like, like, it's they film in Canada, but like, it was a pretty hot summer. I'm hoping that was like legit, like, oh, it's crazy hot out. Yeah, but they filmed months ago. It's true. So it would have been hotter. Yeah. Well, hopefully they filmed it. They probably filmed it in like April. Yeah. Oh, sure it wasn't. what? That can't be. Why not? What? No show is filming their fall premiere in April. Why, you think it's too early? Yeah. No. The writers aren't even back together by that point. They're finishing up the no. last season in April. Because they, ha- they must have had like eight episodes in the can already. Or maybe not. I don't no. know. Maybe my math is weird. Not really. Most shows don't have that much in the can already. They have, like, three ready to go by the time it's premiering. Okay, so let's say it was June. I'm sure we can find this out. Pretty sure it's August. August is way too late. It takes seven, eight days, maybe, to film an episode of television. 
But then edit it and everything like that? Well, that's later. That's not filming responsibility. That can happen concurrently with the next episode being filmed. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Let's move on. (laughs) Because I don't do math. The point is, Archie, uh, at at the the courtroom on his, like, big last day, he says bye to Vegas. uh, And Vegas sits waiting for Archie to come back home. And the jury's like, yeah, we don't know. We can't make a choice, and that's not going to change, which is wild. That, like... (laughs) There's obviously not enough evidence to convict him. Right. You have to be beyond a reasonable doubt that he's guilty. And about 50% of that jury was like, no, he's definitely guilty. And the 50% was like, no. And they couldn't convince each other. It was very 12 angry men of them. That's that's insane. Uh... But anyway, they're like, all right, cool, mistrial, we'll do this all again. And I'm like, okay. I don't cool, want that. Let's do the, I mean, like, I can live through the trial plot. Weird that they would do the mistrial option, but all right. And instead, Archie decides that uh, it doesn't matter if he did or did not kill this kid. Which he does, thinks this is a trial, but that's Overall, fine. his actions from the past year are reprehensible and he should be punished. So and he I chooses agree. to go to juvie. I okay. And like, yeah, I've heard chatter online that there people are like, Archie, you're so dumb. Archie, this doesn't save your friends from any pain or whatever. Listen, if you're a fan of the show, do you wanna watch a season where Archie tries to be a good class president? Or <laughs> do you wanna watch him in a brand new setting try to be a good person in juvie? He'll be shirtless more. Okay, to also be fair, I just think it's a much, much more... um, I mean, if I was in this situation where I was faced with, oh, I might... I might get sent to prison for life. No. Or I might do juvie for two years, and then, for the most part, I'll be fine. I would much rather go to juvie for two years. Probably could get it scrubbed from your record. I mean, does it suck? Yeah, but I would much... I mean, I'm very afraid. You know my fears of I've killed someone, I have to go to prison. That's like a big fear of mine. Yeah, super weird and specific. <laughs> no. So so I would definitely take the juvie option unless I was more convinced than Archie that I would be able to get off of this murder charge. Murder is bad, okay? Like, they... True fact, listeners. We've all seen uh, Oz. I don't know... Like, you know, prison is bad. I mean, murder is bad too, but prison. You don't want to go there. Doesn't seem, <laughs> doesn't seem like a place I'd want to go. Juvie, I feel like I could make some friends. Um, I would not survive probably either Think place. of the songs Juvie will inspire. Yeah, totally. Archie really needs to make music again. That's <laughs> what we've all wanted. You know what? I'd feel a lot more comfortable with him making music. I go back because Katie Hop is like a pretty good music, like musician. Yeah, it's it's Archie's music taste that is the problem, not KJ Hop's. I don't actually talent. think it's even that Archie's not a good musician. I think the problem is that Archie thinks he's a great musician. Well, I think the problem is that all of his friends are like, it was so good. Yeah. And the only person who's real with him is that super mean professor right. guy who's like, I'm going to be honest, this is really basic. <laughs> like, even Josie was like, it's not bad. But, I'm like, come on, girl, be honest. Josie's like, uh, so, I want to maintain this friendship. Josie, I don't understand your thought process. You're like, I want a summer fling, and then I need it gone by the school year so I can focus on my music. But isn't school the bigger distraction from your music? Shouldn't you have spent all summer working on your music? 
Where are the rest of the Pussycats? I know Val's off in Altered Carbon Land, but what are you doing? So, I really like this new pairing, but you know why this new pairing is a thing, right? Because she can't date Reggie. Exactly. Because apparently, on Riverdale, you're only allowed to date someone in the show if you're dating them in real life. So, Camila Mendez and Charles Milton are bays. Good for them. Good for them. It's like um, watching, watching two unicorns, mate. It's so weird that you said that. Um, and <laughs> anyway. And I just like when beautiful people date each other. Close your ears, everyone, for the next 15 seconds if you want to avoid the spoiler. But spoiler, pretty sure that Reggie and Veronica are going to hook up. It's the new Choni I've wielded into existence. And I cannot be more thrilled. There can't be an... I, that, at least that couple I sizzles. Be, that I couple be, sizzles. I mean, we haven't seen that couple it yet. It sizzles. I've seen them on Instagram. I would they be, sizzle. To be honest, I would be furious. If furious. season three ended with everyone in the same couples that they started the season with. And I'm mad the season two ended with everyone in the same couples they started the season I with. I think that what we need is we need an actual legitimate other pairing for everyone on the show. Like an yeah. alternate. Yeah. That we really... Because, okay, you have people who love Bughead... And you have a few... I don't know why anymore. <laughs> I know. Well, you have people who love Bughead, and you have people who love Varchie. But, I mean, while I'm sure there are probably a mine, like a minor group of people who really ship, like, Varchie and Bughead, or whatever we're going to call it. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's bad. <laughs> but, like, there's really no... Like, people do like Betty and Archie, but I really don't think that they're, that's, like, a very large ship. Like, I think that there's really no good alternative for the Jughead ship. I think that she needs... I I think Betty needs to find somebody who is not necessarily better for her than Jughead, but is is a way to give the relationship with Jughead some tension so that when we see her Jughead, we're like, oh, this makes sense. Yeah. You know, like, maybe, like, a smart older guy who challenges her in a different way, and then she can see Jughead... And then there can be tension there, and then she can eventually maybe even go back to Jughead because he's her one true pairing, blah, 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 blah. But if we don't see the tension, it, it just doesn't feel, like, earned or something. So, in the MTV TV series Teen Wolf, oh yeah, <clears throat> the boy and girl who get together, like, in the first season are kind of treated as, like, the one true pairing. And then they break up at the end of season two. Why? Because her parent, her family are werewolf hunters, and he's a werewolf. Oh, and that's he's crazy. Got complicated. That's bad. Yeah. But um, early on in season three, his mom like sits him down and is like, "You're not going to be in love with one person for your whole life." And then, like, you should move on. And then he meets this new girl. I'm Kira, and she's great, and I like her, and he starts dating this other girl. And both characters get to move on and be in new relationships. But then they get back together? No, she dies. Oh, okay. <laughs> she dies. And then as she's dying, she's like, I always loved you. Yeah, yeah so yeah, they get yeah, back yeah. together, basically. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So they get back together. Whoever, who he ends up with them at the end of the series, totally left field. But the point is, it's, it's a show that's willing to be like... That's not the one and only pairing. Right, exactly, yes. And I want Riverdale to kind of grow up a little bit like that. I think it's hard when you have a couple that is very popular and also a couple that is dating in real life. Like, you hate to say that it matters, but I think that people do 
I think it, it's very hard to be a person working on one of these shows because, I mean, I can only really speak to, like, how it was on Pretty Little Liars with, like, those writers, but mm-hmm. they got, like, a lot of flack. Like, I'm Arlene King got, like, a lot of hate, not even for plot holes or whatever, but, like, for, like, literally, it was, like, in the final episode, a couple that was together in high school and then broke up and, like, wasn't even together, like, five years, like, later when they did a time jump. They, it definitely hinted that, oh, there was still a romantic spark there, but because they didn't kiss at the end and because they didn't get, like, their romantic happy ending, even though it was, like, very much implied that they, she got, she wrote this whole essay about how, about how much, like, you know, fan bashing she got from that. And I just think that really sucks. And, like, I think, yeah, sometimes you want to not pander to fans, but yeah. they are the ones watching your show. That falls into the larger argument of fandoms and how I don't think fandoms really know what they need. They know what they want. Yeah. But that's not always best for the show. I think that... Or film or book or whatever. In general, I want to just put it out there that I think sometimes fandoms get very toxic. Sometimes. Sometimes. Just like once or twice I've seen like in my life fandoms being toxic. But um, like quick story. I love this show on Freeform called Twisted. It was on like maybe five, six years ago now. Um, wow. It was a great show. Really good. Uh, but it... It had a love triangle. It was like two girls, one of them played by Kylie Bunbury. Um, and then I wrote a thing about, for a website that I used to write for, that was like, why this couple needs to be endgame or something. It was like a listicle, like with GIFs, like whatever. I got... I had all these fans like really rallying for me because the show was like on the bubble for cancellation. Mm-hmm. And so people were like, oh, cool, you're writing about it. Those fans turned on me like on the second, the second I picked like the pair that they did not want to be. Like it was insane. I was like, wow, this is like really disheartening. Wow. And I was just writing about it. So I can't even imagine the, the people who were like tweeting at the creator and the writers and probably a poor writer's assistant being like, so, can everybody just be nice to each other on the internet? It's, like, not hard. Like, it's really... I've never been mean to somebody on the internet except maybe, like, a person who <laughs> is very famous and the president. So, and I've never actually tweeted anything like to them. Yeah, I get that. But I would. Um, but in general, I just think that we have to be nice on the internet to each other because, really, you don't know what somebody's going through. One, and you also don't know how your words come across. Sorry, now I'm on just a tangent. Yeah, and you, we should move on at some point, yeah. but please. But it's important. That's all. But oh, no, you, you, don't you know had more to say. You don't know how your words come across to somebody. You don't know what somebody else is going through. You don't know what a couple of mean or harshly worded sentences, and I'm not, by the way, I'm not talking about people who leave stupid reviews for us that are negative that's mm-hmm. their opinion it's a review platform fine but i'm just talking about people like fans interacting with other fans and i just it really makes me mad it's really upsetting and you don't know what things mean to people and just fuck off if you're gonna be a troll and a bully fuck off and rant that's all <laughs> so in veronica's plot line she <laughs> uh disowns her father yes and that's he, it. Because he's a bully and a troll. Because he's like, I did this to punish you. 
Because you're my sense. daughter and I'm your dad. And she's like, I, you don't have a daughter anymore. I'm going to go to my bedroom in your house now. <laughs> Slams the door <laughs> shut. Uh, earlier, Hermione is telling her that, you know, she has a certain amount of safety that Hermione doesn't have because she's his daughter. So I wonder if that's going to change or if he's going to be like, no, you don't get to make that decision. I don't think he would hurt his daughter because I think he would have hurt her now. Yeah. If that makes sense. But, well, I mean, when he says he wouldn't hurt his daughter, I think he wouldn't physically murder her. Yeah. I don't think that necessarily means that he would not make her life very, very difficult because he's literally doing that right now. Yeah. Uh, Jughead is now leader of the uh, Southside Serpents who all live outside his uh, trailer. Uh, yeah, so park. hope it never gets cold. Very shirtless. It's fine. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be a brutal winter in Vancouver. Uh, and pretty much like everyone we know is now an honorary member or a, or a real member of the Serpents. So yeah. like it's an all-team gang. All those creepy old people, they're all out now. <laughs> yeah, right. I was going to say, they're like, oh, those did not play very well. No. <laughs> um, yeah, so everybody's a Serpent. Yeah. Everybody's in a gang, which seems like a... Friggin', friggin Cheryl walks into... The, the pops like she's been allergic to shirts all summer. Totally and it was fine. Like, I'm totally fine. I, I went on a three month cross country motorcycle trip with Tony. What? Who took care of Tony's grandfather? <laughs> oh yeah. And then she's uh. like, like I'm imagining she went around to everyone she knows individually that and, day. Right. And was like, I'm having a pool party, and then walks out to her pool party in giant heels. That's not as weird to me as wearing a leather jacket over a bra in summer. <laughs> Leather in summer is miserable. It's true. That's pretty bad. It's so, it's, if you've ever done it, and I don't know why you would have, it's not fun. So this is the story where Cheryl really screws over the Southside Serpents, and I feel like no one's talking about that. Well, she meant well. So, during the party, this, uh, they, they go and get uh, Jughead, and they have like a little little serpent meeting inside the burned down Thornhill mansion. Beautiful. <laughs> it's just right there by the pool. That's funny. Uh, and... They say that apparently the ghoulies kidnapped Hot Dog on riot night, which was like three months ago. Glad to know that everyone really cared about this dog. No one noticed the dog was missing. Well, I think, no, I think that they knew the dog the was missing. The mascot of the Southside Serpents was gone for months. They knew the dog was missing, but there was no, maybe there's a deleted scene where you see Jughead like putting up a missing poster for Hot Dog or something. That would be nice if it were in the episode. Right. Instead, maybe they're all distracted by like how good FP looks as like an old guy with glasses oh giving God. tattoos. Skeet Ulrich, he's like a fine, fine wine. He gets better. <laughs> uh, yeah, all the dads looking good Oh yeah, year. Hot Riverdale dads are on the case for trying to get Archie out of juvie apparently. Yeah, it's great. They're all teamed up. Sheriff Keller should probably stop wearing jeans. It's not a great look for you him. You don't think it's a great look and for I don't, him? Listen, what? he's wearing a full button-up shirt tucked into jeans, and that's just You're odd. not into it? It's just, he looks don't too much. Like, no, he looks, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> he looks too much like a dad. Yeah, he's a dad. That's why I know, we call but him he's a hot Sheriff dad. dad. So. <laughs> he is a I hot dad. I don't know. It's, it's, I, won't, I was hoping he would be like a little bit less buttoned up outside of the uh, sheriff. No, he's literally so buttoned up. Mm. I don't know. I'm not feeling the blue jeans on him. You know who was not? I'm getting distracted. You know who was not buttoned up this episode? Uh, Kevin Keller, who is being like hot gay uncle at the pool. <laughs> he's at the pool. It's like he and uh, he Moose. and uh, Moose are reading books. And he's just like, hey, you know how kids have that sex pact? <laughs> we should do that 
for Halloween. <laughs> and Moose is just like, okay. So basically he's like, you know how they do it before graduation? We're into it before Halloween. It's the entire Kevin Keller arc for the episode. And honestly, love it. Love it. <laughs> Living his best life, looking like a hot gay uncle. <laughs> so the Southside Serpents go to get Hot Dog back. And of course, all the ghoulies are there. And Penny Peabody. Penny Peabody mm-hmm. looks Penny amazing. Peabody looks fantastic. Malachi should never wear a shirt. Never wear a shirt. Uh, and they're like, hey. He should probably wear a shirt. Bud, he, got, he gets shot. We want to draw you out so we can tell you again to get out of town. And that jacket says you're the Southside Serpents, but you don't control the Southside anymore. I, he, you know how expensive it's going to be to change all these jackets? <laughs> we Jughead's want like 500 like, jackets. You want my jacket? And then Malachi kind of lunges at him, and then Cheryl shoots him with an arrow. And she's just like, I'm in the mood for some hell raising. No, she, she doesn't so the quick. ghoulies declare war again. <laughs> I thought this war was ongoing. So it's fine. Cheryl started gang World War II. Yeah, it's fine. Thanks. She was in the mood girl. for some hell raising. <laughs> she did it. Congratulations. The hell was raised. God. So that's a thing. Yeah. So that's great. We got I, gang wars going on this season. Again. Along with crazy magic cults. Because Betty is having issues with her sister and mom. Yeah. So um, Betty has been going to see a therapist named Dr. Glass. Or has she? Or she hasn't. Dr. Glass is not real. And fun fact, um, if you guys are Brady Bunch fans, I'm very proud of this connection. We all know there's a deep and everlasting connection between uh, Brady Bunch and Riverdale. There might be. But everyone who loves Riverdale is also a deep it's fan a, it's of the It's a Venn diagram of a circle. It's just a big circle. But um, I'm a big Brady Bunch fan, obviously. And in an episode, uh, Jan makes up an imaginary boyfriend named George Glass because she wants her family to not think she's such a fucking loser. And um, it's kind of like a... If you if somebody's last name is Glass, it's kind of like a joke that it's... Yeah, just say, sure, Jan. George. George Glass. I, I don't think that was a good Jan impression. It's okay. It's not bad. It's not bad. Sure, Jan. Sh- I can't do it. Sure, Jan. No, it's not. You can't do it either. It's hard. Sure. I haven't heard it in a while. Sure, Jan. I'm, I'm more familiar with the movies in the series. I know. The movies are so funny. It's such a brilliant... It's like... That was the so first funny. one to be like, oh, I'm making a movie based on this, but we're making fun of it too. But it's perfect. And then kind of 21 Jump Street made that the R-rated version of itself. Yeah. And now everyone's trying to do it and it's not funny anymore. Pretty Looking much, at you, Baywatch. Pretty much movie actually, um, that was kind of risque. More risque <laughs> than you think. Wasn't there like a brother-sister-like thing? That was in the sequel. A uh, very Brady sequel. The very Brady sequel. Excellent right, movie. Right, where the secret dad shows up. Hilarious. It's all, it's fucking great. So anyway... <laughs> got off topic um it's interesting right so at first when i watched it i was like oh betty's the only normal one her whole family's gone a little bit crazy but but then betty's like completely normalized behavior of faking adderall subscriptions uh, or prescriptions and just taking it all the time and that's kind of messed up meanwhile all her mother and sister are doing are like sitting on the house and drinking tea they're drinking fancy milk oolong yeah milk. and like sure Maybe burn the diaries. I don't know. <laughs> that was my favorite thing in this whole episode. When Alice is like, he's like, Mom, what are you doing with my diaries? And she's like, I'm burning them. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Who's the, who's the guy from the farm that she keeps talking about? Oh, my God. It's not Fred. Obviously, that's not his name. No. Eric? That's not his name. Oh, God. Andre? No, damn it. These are all people. I'll think about it. I wish I remembered. Do you want to Google it? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mr. So-and-so told me. So you have to wonder, is like Betty not remembering the leeches, is that like a she's on drugs thing? No, or... I don't think so. No? Not at all. Then why? It's just weird humor. Uh, it was a weird moment because well, I think you would remember being bitten by leeches. She she demands to be like taken seriously as the serpent queen, so she gets to go on a the serpent, serpent mission. serpent queen is a warrior queen. Did I do it good? Yeah, you did well. Yeah. Serpent Queen is a warrior queen. But if then you're going to battle, so am I. That's not the line, but that's fine. But then she comes home at the end of the episode and sees her mom and uh, and Polly and some people in robes holding babies over the fire, letting them go, and those babies just they float, just float. I panicked over when the they fire. dropped the baby. I think that's like, like was I that real? Was that not? It was not real. It was an instinct in me, though. Like, I never thought that I had a biological clock, but when I saw those babies being dropped, I was like, no, not the babies. It was very weird. (laughs) It was, like, very strange. Like, I've never felt that way before because I don't like babies. I, in fact, very much don't like kids. But I feel like I'm going to one day have to tell someone that I like kids who's listened to this podcast, and then I'd be like, yes, of course I'll watch your kid. And then they'll listen to this podcast and they'll be like, wait, she hates kids. It's going to be a whole thing. So. I don't think it's that much to worry about. Not many of our friends listen to this podcast. Or have kids. Or have kids. Almost none. Yeah, so it's fine. But, um, yeah. So she's uh, seizing up on the ground when her family runs to her. Babies were not floating. (laughs) Not really floating. I mean, who knows, really? Magic is in Greendale. Yeah, so. I don't think those two shows are going to cross over, though. Well, and as true, as but thematically. I've seen a bunch of Sabrina now, and uh, it's pretty good. I liked it. Babies may or may not be floating. Um, And all of this is kind of running with this little runner, or Dilton Doily, and that kid who shows up before bad things happen all the time the on this show. The Ben. Right? Yeah, Ben, Harbinger of Death. Uh, what if Ben was really Betty's brother? Because he's blonde? Are you serious? Yes. What if he... Yes. Are you serious? Yes. He's chick. You also thought Archie could secretly be Cheryl's <laughs> twin brother. To be fair... Because he has red hair. Okay, no. That's not what I said. If you want, we can talk about that theory later, but let's move on. The point is, they're playing a game called Griffins and Gargoyles, and... Dilton runs over to, uh, to to Jughead and it's like, it's real. The Gargoyle King. And Jughead's like, cool, you sit right here. I got to go to court. Um, he could not be less interested in this plot line. I'll see you and your weird nerd stuff when I get back. And then he gets back and Dilton isn't there. But he left behind a map of, I guess, a dungeon. But it's also just a map of it's Riverdale. Town, yeah. Which conveniently syncs up with the map of Riverdale that Jughead always keeps on his wall in case of a murder. Why does he have that wall now he just he's always got a murder wall ready in case of anything but nothing is murder ever, board murder board murder board great so though. he has to uh guys second season of trial and error it's great it's so good it's on uh, it's on hulu check it out uh he he runs into the woods and finds these two guys like in uh child's pose with markings <laughs> carved in their back in front of this scary true detective type yeah, monster skeleton thing, and those same markings are on the uh, "Welcome to Riverdale" sign. So and some shit's Ben's going not out. dead because he has to live on to curse more people. But we don't know about Dilton. Looks like Dilton's pretty dead. So that's that's how the episode ends. Dead to defy.
Can you imagine how pissed I would be if I was the actor who played Dilton to come back just to die in like a way like this? It's weird, right? It's yeah. a it's a very weird. Uh, his character has just been strange because he went from like survivalist scoutmaster to nerd who dies. I think he might just be a nerd all around. Oh, also, didn't he like stab himself and blame it on this on the serpents at one point? Um, I think that they stabbed him. I'm not so sure. I don't think he stabbed himself. Well. Let's go into the theory, uh, the rumor mill. Okay, so rumor mill. I think the easiest thing would be if this cult was connected to the Gargoyle King, but I actually think it's going to be connected to something that the parents were involved in as teenagers. Right, because they're doing that flashback. They're doing the flashback. I think that's going to be deeply connected to, um, to whatever the big mystery is now because apparently the parents have a secret. I just can't really figure out if this is, like, I I don't really get, it seems like it was a suicide pact or something. That's what I got. Oh, I don't get that impression at all. Well, it's like poison. Like, they were drinking, like, poison. Yeah, or like, yeah, Trano or something. Something blue. And And most blue drinks are bad for you. Yes, except for, like, Gatorade, and that's just gross. (laughs) It's still debatable. (laughs) Yeah, and debatable. It's uh, it's a lot of sugar. You guys, if you're working out, you don't actually need that. I just want to... No. No, you don't. Water is fine. It's got electrolytes. It's got what plants crave. You just... (laughs) <laughs> what plants crave? Where is that from? Uh, it's from uh, Idiocracy. Oh, that's stupid. I um, I didn't get that. I Himalayan sea salt and water is, I think, kind of just the same thing, uh-huh. basically. Um, but yeah, so I think that it's going to be connected to the parents somehow, but I don't know how. I have a feeling that the cult uh, that Betty's mom is a part of is going to be maybe... Maybe not quite as evil as we think it's going to be. I can get behind that. Like, yeah. like it seems messed up, and I think it might be messed up in a certain way, but I don't think it's going to be like Gargoyle King murdering people. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it more. It's, it's not like the process. cult from Hereditary. No, I think that it's still going to be problematic, but yeah. I don't know if it's going to be evil, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I get that. Um, unless it's connected to this Gargoyle thing, which I don't think makes much sense right now. Yeah. So TBD. Oh, here's what I think is going to happen, actually. I think that the cult is going to not be, quote unquote, evil, but it's going to be a scam. And that it's going to be, like, financially a problem, but it's not going to be, like, a sacrifice your babies. Yeah. Okay. So that's my theory. You want to know what my theory is? No. (laughs) That's Sure, John. It was Archie. Sure, Jan. What? What is the Gargoyle King statue thing made of? What? Bones. Bones! It's made of bones. Archie made his bones. Oh my god. He finally did it and then he got out of town just in time. He's like, I assumed this is what you meant, right? <laughs> I made oh, them. Oh, murder I had, I thought, was going to commit. Right, right, right. No. Because I, po- I tricked some kids into poisoning themselves. <laughs> oh, you know what's weird? I, I just, made my bones. Made I just did that. Hiram, did I, did I do okay? Did I do it? I still want to impress you. It's like, no, that's not what it means. How can you not get this? <laughs> It's just been a misunderstanding <laughs> this whole entire time. Oh. Or it's just like, I did it as like an arts and crafts project. These kids found it and started worshiping it. I had nothing to do with it. I just want to make my bones <laughs> once and for all. Oh, this whole time. Archie's just been trying to make art. 
He's found a new hobby. <laughs> Sculpture creation from natural materials. That was his summer project in addition to being at a murder trial. So hard being Archie. All the he works he so hard. So hard. Awesome. <laughs> so who's prom king? Prom king. I want to give to... Jughead? I don't want to give it to Archie. No, because he sucks. <laughs> I don't... I mean, Jughead was just kind of there all episode. He's barely even narrating this one. Yeah. I don't know. He. I mean, does anyone do anything of value uh, among the teenage boys? Can we give it to Kevin just for being I was going to say either Kevin or Reggie. Reggie's going to lead the Bulldogs and Dylan, steal Reggie's, uh, Archie's girl. Jughead, Jughead can't get it because he ignored Dilton's cry for help. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Dylan took sacrifice like a champ. Maybe he gives it. Sure, that's uh, one way to encourage kids. God, no, seriously. I, I guess it's either Reggie or Kevin. Let's give it to Kevin. Let's give it to Kevin. Hot gay uncle Kevin. Although he's not reading cues from Moose, which is bad for a relationship. I feel like Moose was just surprised. <laughs> I'm going to give it to uh, uh, Cucumber Melon, a.k.a. Fangs. He's Thanks. just out there doing his best. Uh, they got hot dog. He's so happy that his scar like isn't noticeable. He gets to walk around shirtless all exactly. the time. Exactly. I mean, how can you be on Riverdale and not be capable of walking mm-hmm. around shirtless? And he's the only one who cared to look for hot dogs. Yeah, so. seriously. He was probably looking for hot dog all summer. Bangs wins. All summer. I just uh, got a picture still. Prom queen. Betty. Veronica for not crying. Betty. Come on, the the Adderall thing is bad. Like is we shouldn't it? be supporting no. this. We're, I'm not supporting. I never said I was supporting. Did I tell it. you? <laughs> I talked to my mom. She's like, I'm sorry. What was what was that stuff you were talking about last? Uh, uh, the special we were like CBD. Oh no. And she's no. like, Yeah, don't smoke that. Oh no, your mom doesn't <laughs> like me anymore. No. No, no, she loves you. You're really? Fine. Yeah. Are you sure? Of course. Is she gonna listen to this? Can you uh, not cut this out? Can I apologize? <laughs> sure, you can apologize. I wanna clarify that it's sold legally and I don't even really do it that much. <laughs> oh, I feel so bad. This is my this is like my biggest fear. That my mom won't like you? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big fear. I you know how I feel about like acceptance and being liked. But so, so who would you give prom queen to? Um, your mom. <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if it wins her back. I was gonna say Tony, who's just kind of there for everyone this yeah, episode. Tony and uh, Cheryl looked meaningfully into each other's eyes. Yeah. And that was good enough for me. Okay. Just wanted to remind you guys that I've willed that relationship into existence. <laughs> And it happened. From the first moment Tony walked on, she's like, and she's going to date Cheryl. And I was like, they don't know each other. <laughs> she's like, this is going to happen. And it did. And it did happen. Why couldn't I have willed Kevin Keller being the serial killer? And I think that's movie. why we're the premier Riverdale podcast. I like to think we are the premier Riverdale <laughs> podcast. Somebody else claimed that. And I was like, I guess you can also say that. <laughs> I'm I don't kidding. know who these fools are. I'm but kidding. Everybody can be the premier. I'm very supportive of other Riverdale podcasts. Well, if everyone's the premier Riverdale podcast, then no one is. Exactly. We're all... It's going to be like the scene in Mean Girls, for example. When everybody gets a piece of the tiara, I want that to be the world. Okay. I want socialism to take over the Riverdale podcast. Like, it's like a democratic socialism <laughs> for the Riverdale podcast. Yeah. and Premier the, guarantee for all. Exactly. Premier guarantee. Premium guarantee. Everybody gets to be special, and therefore no one is. And therefore we're all the same. <laughs> exactly. Uh, chaperone Fred Andrews. Because he punched a guy. Because he punched a guy. Or Skeet Mary me. Andrews for for spending three months defending her son in court. I just 
feel like, okay, I love Molly Ringwald. Or a combined award to all the Riverdale dads for sitting uh, in a corner everybody, like they had a lot of business to do. Everybody gets a piece of the tiara. Okay. Everybody does. Cool. Uh, who are you throwing under the bus? Because mm. I want to give it to Cheryl for starting gonna, a second gang war. I'm going to throw Polly under the bus because she was just being kind of a dick. Yeah, it's also super weird that like they had to invent the Adderall thing when she could just be like, "Hey, the 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 cam girl stuff could, yeah. could be could have f- filled that whole thing right there." Also, I and would have freaked mom out way more. I just want to know how freaked Alice out how much Adderall she was taking because she was prescribed Adderall. Apparently, she was running through it, man. Yeah, I mean that's a very serious thing. So I hope that they don't. I hope Betty goes to rehab. Jughead seemed totally fine with it, too. Yeah, so he knows. Yeah. She's like, I don't know, Jug. Maybe I should stop taking Adderall. And, her, and Jughead's like, mm, I have my own stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, have you seen my dog? <laughs> it is his dog, too. Yeah. It's not Fangs' dog. It is Jughead's dog. It's also, okay, weird thing. Why doesn't Archie and his friends go into Cheryl's clean chlorinated pool during her pool party I don't instead want to go to the got to go to the weird dirty watering hole it's <laughs> fair actually. somewhere out of town to swim in their underwear hey remember i think it was like none of them bought a bathing suit when the plan was to go swimming i think stacy tweeted about how he got like a tattoo like a brand new tattoo and then decided to swim in like a very unsanitary swimming yeah. hole which like will definitely give you some <laughs> yeah. disease what if that's his, his season arc? Oh my god, his like whole arm is his, <laughs> It's like a Requiem for... Have you seen that movie, Requiem for a Dream? I've never seen it. It's a really good movie, but basically some shit happens with somebody's arm. Mm-hmm. Not because of a tattoo, but basically. Okay. It, yeah. He'll have like an evil hand, like that guy from he Angel. He could <laughs> have an evil hand. That seems like a thing they'll bring That's up. definitely what it's going to be. Totally evil, totally hand. <laughs> so I don't have a ton of comic connections. What I do have is that uh, the prison, the juvenile, the juvenile detention center is called Leopold and Loeb. Yeah, which is named. Did you read my article? No. Oh, that's fine. I can't take credit for this. Do you want to tell them about Leopold and Leopold and Loeb? Sure. Um, Ari, who was on our podcast a couple of months ago, she actually told me about this, so I want to give her all the credit. Um, but kindly gave me the topic to write about this week at work. So you can read all about it on refinery29.com and you don't have to hear me talk about it now. But basically they were murderers. They were murderers. They were murderers who wanted to murder people for the thrill of it. Um, And it's what, uh, I think it's based on a play, a play which Hitchcock adapted into Rope, Mm -hmm. which is a movie where everybody, it's like one shot or tries to look like it's one shot. Like a Birdman type thing? Like Birdman, yeah. Or actually Rope, Birdman was like Rope. Or like... Lost in London, that Woody Harrelson, like, one-take movie that he did live. No idea. Have you heard of it? Oh, man, it was cool. I'll look it up. Seems Uh, weird. And then the only other thing I have is that Griffins and Goliaths is clearly a play off of Dungeons and Dragons, which I've mentioned before, but... Griffins and Gargoyles. Griffins and Gargoyles, that's right. Uh... I'd like to point out that those are very weird mythical creatures to have your the to be the of, title too. Yeah, to be yeah. the crux of your game. Yeah, because they both require an explanation. Yeah, uh, yeah. But they're going to do an episode later this season where they play D and D, basically, which I think will be a, the perfect time to concurrently play D and D with you for the me? first time, Caitlin. Yeah, yeah. John never lets me play. We're gonna we're gonna get a group together. We're gonna play. It's gonna be great. I just want you to know that every time I invite you somewhere and you say you're playing D&D and then I don't get invited to D&D, it's fine. What are you excited about? Okay. Um, I I know you're going to judge me. Okay. 
really loving Manifest. I love it. Okay. Um, I love it. I, I mean, I wasn't feeling the pilot script when I read it. I love it. Have there, I think has it's there been so two episodes fun. yet? There's been, I think, more? three. It's mm-hmm. just so fun. It's just such like a... Is the, is the little boy still, like, super creepy looking? No, no. Actually, not really. Oh, cool. He, um... It's Did just he... a fun show. Like, it's not... It's just, like, something that I am enjoying watching. Uh-huh. I can't really explain it other than that. Like, I look forward to it, and I watch it, and then I don't think about it, but, like, I like it when I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. I'm just really having fun. And then, of course, my main uh, TV show that I'm obsessed with right now um, is You, you. on Lifetime. I am mm-hmm. so obsessed with it. Um, I'm recapping it this season, if you guys want to check that out. it's It would be nice, but only give me positive comments on my recaps. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You can, I can't tell you what to do. Uh, but it's really good. I really, I'm going to recommend the book. The book, if you like the show, the book will, you will be ahead of the show if you want, if you read the book, because it's very similar, which is actually kind of nice. Um, but there is also a sequel called Hidden Bodies. Something would be like me or I know. we or I know. them. And I really liked the like, sequel too. Like, I thought it was really fun. Um, very different to me than the first book, but it's ba- it's based in L.A., um, instead of New York, and it's very much... If the first book was kind of like a romantic comedy satire, um, and which is the TV show definitely is, the hmm. Hidden Bodies book is very much like a satire of L.A. culture, and the character kind of moves around to different parts of L.A., and I love... Because I'm just... I love L.A. I love it. I love all its weirdness and its quirks and the neighborhoods and, and stuff. It's very specific so yeah i really love it um definitely read the books definitely watch the show uh i've been pretty excited about the good place recently yeah the good place is great this season i've really i felt something's been a little bit off this season but still like the most excited i am every week to watch a show then of this week's episode was they already kind of changed up what the whole season's going to be again. So it's the best comedy on TV because it's constantly reinventing itself. So are you saying you didn't like the episode? It was, there has been something, it's been like not firing at all cylinders for the past two episodes. And okay. it's just, it's just had such a high quality for so long that, that was, that this is odd for me. I kind of miss, um, I kind of miss them being in. The good place? The good place. Yeah. The quote-unquote good place. Right, 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 right. It's weird having them back on Earth, I think, is what it is. Uh, I'm also excited about The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yeah, no. Because that trailer uh, is dope, guys. It's pretty good so far. So I'm excited for you and to watch it. I'm excited about it. for our friends uh, are starting a podcast about Sabrina. It's going to be kind of like a sibling podcast to uh, the Riverdale Register. Yay! And they're really great, and we love them, and we will definitely plug it more when it gets closer, because we have a few episodes to yeah. go before. But keep your uh, keep your ears out for chatter about the binging adventures of Sabrina. And uh, we'll explain a little bit more about what that means when the time comes. Coming soon. Uh, other than that, Caitlin, where can uh, where can they uh, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Riley Tweets. That's R E I L O Y Tweets. You can find my dog on Instagram at Stella the Mystery Pup. Uh, you know how to spell that. Yeah. John. Uh, you can find me at John Patton on Twitter, and you can check out my blog, The Catch and the Rye, where Rye is spelled W R. Why? Great pun. Oh my god, you never say that. I never say that. 
Uh, other than that, that's uh, all. What do we got coming up? What's what's what? What do we remember from the trailer for next week's episode? Somebody's dead. Tight. Tight. Over and out, River Vixens.